Welcome back to Popping Into Movies. I'm your co-host, Kate. And I'm your co-host, Jared. And today we will be talking about the 1943 super classic film, Casablanca. Yeah, and this is our Valentine's Day episode, I suppose. This is the most romantic movie we've done so far. I think so, yeah. And I'm glad we finally got a chance to watch it. I feel like this is a movie that a lot of people reference and talk about. But it was just kind of this huge blind spot for both of us as far as kind of movie history that, you know, classic movies. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised we have. I haven't seen like, you know, some movies you see just like clips of on TV. Mm -hmm. I have not seen a scene of this movie. Other than the plane ending? No, I have honestly not. Actually, I'll tell you where the only references to this movie besides like people talking about it. I've seen on the great movie ride in Disney. Oh, yeah. That's majority of my Casablanca knowledge comes from that ride. And that clip from When Harry Met Sally? Yeah, they mention it there, but it's I guess it's shown a little bit. Yeah. And I'm really surprised by how incredibly interesting and how well this holds up. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting elements in this movie. So tell me, what popcorn did you come up with for this classic? Well, you ate it, so you could tell me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. In this movie, there is a lot of alcohol. Like, everyone's drinking just all the time. Yeah. A lot of straight alcohol. Yeah. And there's one little uh, line Rick has where, of all the gin bars gin in all gin. the countries, she shows up in mine. Mm-hmm. And that, as you know, is what inspired today's popcorn. Yes. A gin and tonic popcorn. Yep. So for this one... uh. I made a sort of different kettle corn because the way I normally make kettle corn, I put the sugar in while the popcorn's cooking. And once it all pops, it's kettle corn. Right. Mm -hmm. But instead today I just made popcorn and uh, I made a separate simple syrup, you know, sugar. Um, But instead of water, I put in tonic water and also added a couple tablespoons of some nice beef eater gin that yeah. we got in London. So it was very flavorful. And then I also um, added some lime on top. And I think it just worked way better than I thought it was going to. I can't exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this is the best that you've made so far. The most interesting and the best so far. I want to say I got a little buzzed from the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can adjust this to your liking if you want to make it like a, a, a drunk movie extra, night, yeah. <laughs> you can make that happen. It was really, I mean, I think most of the gin cooked off in the simple syrup, but mm-hmm. once we poured it on top, it, I, it definitely tasted like gin. Yeah, it, it really was wonderful. Like the tonic and the gin come through and like the little bite of citrusy lime. It's, I'm going to make this again just to eat. Yeah. Just a word of warning, when you do pour the syrup on, make sure you kind of like use a baking sheet to spread the popcorn out because that syrup is very sticky and it'll clump together a lot. Yeah, you got to have a lot of room if you're using a lot of popcorn. Don't just pour it on a big bowl of popcorn because it might not come out quite right. Or if you do, make sure you have a lot of napkins when you eat it (laughs) because it'll be sticky. But really worth it. It's really good. And be sure to check out, uh, we'll be posting a video of a couple of the steps we took to make it. So be sure to check that out on the Instagram. All right, let's talk about this movie. Going into it, I kind of expected it to be much more of a love story between like, you know, these these two people. 
And I was really pleasantly surprised by how many dynamic different little storylines are running through the entire movie. This was not a very romantic movie. No, no. I think the core of it is the relationship between Rick and uh, Isla. Elsa. No, Ilsa. 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 Yeah, so like the core of the movie is Rick, Ilsa, and Victor, but... The love triangle. The love triangle. The most interesting love triangle I've ever seen. Usually it's really tiresome, but Mm -hmm. they all have their perfectly good reasons for feeling the way they do about each other. And it's all wrapped up in the city of Casablanca, which is just extremely interesting. Morocco. Yeah. And... I feel like they took they could have gone a little more offensive with that but it's pretty toned it down yeah and i really love how much of a melting pot it is mm-hmm. um you know even in that in the introductory scene where you know there's like uh, they're rounding up people in the town um you know you kind of see like the north african like vendors but you also have german people there and you have french people there and you have english and british people yeah. and russians and it's just so incredibly interesting how the war has forced so many different people in the town and it lends itself to such interesting situations because as much as the movie is about the three of them there's so many little side tangent stories going on in the background and that's really what keeps you invested and interested in the whole movie yeah my favorite tangent story that comes up is that one couple we kind of see throughout the whole movie but you don't know that we're gonna ever interact with them until Mm -hmm towards the end there they're looking to get their visa and yeah yeah and there's like a couple there's a handful of those that you kind of revisit throughout points of it and i i feel like it really earns the title casablanca it's not called like rick's bar or you know like they could have i feel like it could have been called oh, something yeah. else but it's called the city and i feel like the city is like its own character this so is, to say that is a great point and i really i really loved it rick Ricks. <laughs> the great classic movie, Ricks. Ricks. <laughs> <laughs> Ricks is really cool. They could have called it the Blue Parrot. That could have been the alternate side. I thought it was ironic that later when we see the Blue Parrot, they show us a parrot and it could be a, any color parrot because this is a black and white film. Yeah. Well, I think it's like uh, if you see the in-color photos of like the old Adams Family sets, everything has to be an exaggerated bright color because that shows more contrast in black and mm-hmm. white. So Yeah. It, it probably was a pink parrot, pink parrot, a bright pink parrot. So let's get into, I guess, kind of what our favorite bits of this movie was. Because uh, like we said, the whole story is Rick and Elsa, Ilsa showing, uh, you know, reuniting and the kind of backdrop of her husband, Victor, who is like Victor a Laszlo. Victor Laszlo, who's like a rebel or something like a rebel leader. Oh, are we going for the Star Wars references already? <laughs> <laughs> I, Rick's really did feel like a Moss Eisley, like cantina. cantina de- it's, in the, it's in the desert, right? It's in it North does. Africa. I wonder if Star Wars took inspiration from Casablanca. It felt, it felt extremely similar. The walls, like the plaster, like not the white. I don't know. I guess we can't really see what color these are, but it felt similar. Yeah. So let's talk about Rick first, who kind of the first like quarter of the movie it's just him and his bar and we're seeing casablanca what is your first impression of of rick rick equals cool was what i was thinking yeah i saw you write that down in your little he notes. is really cool he is like <laughs> a pretty pretty cool badass he does seem pretty cool yeah he's a little bit you know of a broken person but it's still cool to watch him like you know he really hates mm-hmm. nazis which is you know, always a good trait to have. He has no faults, it seems. Like, people trying to tempt him to get 
get drunk every night at mm-hmm. his bar and he won't drink with anyone. He seems to be extremely trustworthy, but also only stands for himself. Yeah, he's just so suave and like cool as a cucumber when he, you know, ripping up all the German checks and money and just refusing to take their their money. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that it's a mystery, really, of Rick going to uh why he was in Casablanca right because he, he's out of place right he's is he the, the only american in the city i think is that right i doubt that's true but <laughs> there's not a lot of them if there yeah, are any. there's not a lot and he's a little bit of a of a mystery there and another observation is he really says a lot i only look out for myself you know he he very much has this isolationist standpoint mm-hmm. and i wonder how that resonated in the 40s where america kind of was, was hesitant itself? right to mm-hmm. enter you know being an isolationist in world war ii and i wonder if he's kind of a stand-in for that ideal before he's kind of forced essentially with his old flame to choose a side and, and take action that's a good point so i wonder if that was part of you know rick's character is kind of a representation of america at this time he rejects the german yeah he does <laughs> um i feel like There were a lot of really cool directed shots in this movie, Mm -hmm. particularly when it came to like shadows on the wall. Yeah. There was that one shot where Rick was going into the bank vault and you could just see his shadow talking to the characters. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. The cinematography in a lot of this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed throughout the movie, there's a lot of crosses. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, when when Victor is in the bar uh, and he's approached by some guy with a necklace and it ring. has like the the three crosses, and I had to look this up. I, I guess it, that was like a symbol for the French resistance in World oh. War Two, and I was then I started seeing the crosses and shadows and a lot of shots, just to I kind of reinforce totally this idea. <laughs> but I, you know, and just the the use of shadows, especially you know, in, in a black and white movie, you know, maybe you're a little more limited by obviously what colors you can show. So the use of contrast is Shapes. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really neat. It was like such so visually interesting the entire time. Yeah, I was kind of expecting to be bored because I know like a lot of older movies have some fat on them, I guess, that's Mm kind of boring or just lengthy, but I was pretty intrigued the whole movie. Yeah, really lean. And it doesn't even run two hours, but Mm -hmm. it feels like a lot happens. Yeah. And one one thing specifically to point out is, um, you know, throughout the movie, you have this character, Sam, who's their, their kind of like piano playing buddy. And, you know, he, he plays a lot of music in it, but I noticed that a lot of movies, when someone's playing music, it's just you have to, like, watch them play music, and then he's at the piano. But they do a lot of, like, movement while the music's playing, so everything feels like it's always dynamic and things are going on all the time. Yeah, we only see him in the very beginning, just, like, they focus on him enough that we notice, we know he's an important character mm-hmm. while he's singing. And he's a really good singer. He sounds yeah. kind of like Nat King Cole or something. Yeah, he gets a little abused by everyone but yeah he's definitely (laughs) yeah not their equal in so many words but uh but a lot of the beginning is is rick running his bar you know he runs a real tight ship runs some secret gambling and all that uh but everything gets kind of turned upside down when victor and his wife ilsa show up which we find out is rick's old flame from paris and i'm gonna be on jump in here when we first see ilsa my thought was that's probably her, but 
oh my gosh, I have no idea what Ingrid Bergman looks like. Mm. I'm sure everyone who's watched this movie that knew who she was and when first came out, when she walked in the door, everyone's like, that's the star. Mm. But I was like, is it? Yeah. I, I thought I might, I thought I would just know, like, like, I know how Audrey Hepburn looks, but I've never seen her in a movie. Yeah. I thought I would know what Ingrid Bergman looks like. I did not. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I, I take pride in, I guess, in not knowing what many <laughs> old actors look like. So I almost thought there's like this random lady who's hitting on Rick at the beginning who has to get like oh. dragged out. I was like, Gone. oh, is this the love interest of this movie? But she goes to date a Nazi. So that's clearly not. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> not her. Not a great. Uh, so when Ilsa shows up, uh, it's immediate that immediately obvious that th- she has some kind of old relationship with Sam. And we get introduced to, I guess, the the song motif for the entire movie, um, the as time as goes time. by, mm-hmm. which is a really sweet song. Yeah. And I really like the first time they play it, and it shows Rick seeing Ilse, or no, Rick walks in. And he's like, "What the hell are you doing, Sam? I told you never play this, Don't song, play this again. song again." And then he sees Ilsa there, and it's just he. The reaction when he first sees her is really good. Genuine. Genuine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the shock that. Disbelief. Thought she was, you know, just left him in the dust. Yeah. She kind of did, though. Yeah. We had a, you know, kind of like this tepid back and forth of not knowing why they don't like each other anymore. And we get a flashback of them in Paris right before the Nazis occupied it. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I think this flashback, it was kind of short and like not longer than it needed to be, Mm -hmm. but we really get a good insight and it was very, this was the most romantic part of the movie. Yeah. And I can only imagine uh, that feeling, you know, she says, uh, kiss me as if it were the last time. No, she does say that later. But what she she says says it then in there before they get on the, before they get on the train. And she also says another thing, um, with the world cum- crumbling, that we choose now to fall in love, and I can only imagine like you're in this occupied, soon to be occupied city, like in deep, like madly, frantically in love with each other. You know, it's I, I can't, can't go and hang out at the bar anymore. Yes, quite literally, and it's just such an interesting setting for a love story. Occupied f- Paris. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we find out later that she thought Victor was dead, which is the reason she you know felt free to just you know move on right find him yeah which is very fair which is fair and then she just immediately you know the night before you know the the last scene we see in the flashback is him getting ready to go to the train and her then she you know kiss me as this was the last time we already know she's made up her mind not to go with him yeah because it's gonna be the last time and it's really heartbreaking it is but and sam's there along for the ride yeah sam is able to escape occupied paris which Mm -hmm. is good brought his pi- he didn't bring a piano along did he bring his piano no it's very <laughs> large i think he seems to bring it everywhere within the the bar yeah like i like <laughs> yeah him carting it around or that, that something th- happened where someone was talking to him and he's yeah. like i gotta get out of here and he like yeah, yeah, shuts the piano <laughs> and takes it with him <laughs> when uh away. when rick and ilsa are about to talk for the first time he just like mm-hmm. closes it and carts it away <laughs> yeah. like i don't want to be in the middle Adios. of this uh, yeah but that flashback really does it again talking about how lean and like clean this movie is like the flashback is a couple minutes long. It gives you the perfect amount of information for their relationship mm-hmm. that they were together. And, you know, and at that point, it's still a mystery of why she chose not to go back to him or didn't leave Paris with him. Mm-hmm. So that's still a little bit of mystery. And like the way they kind of drip feed information to you throughout the whole movie. And then you have this realization later where, you know, Ilsa 
maybe some people were like, oh, she's a real, you know, jerk for leaving Rick behind in Paris, right? But, you know, we find out that she just found out her husband's not actually dead, and that's why she right. went back. We're all learning at the same time as the characters. Yeah, like the, the, emo- the like emotional flow that you feel throughout this movie is really powerful as you figure, you kind of like piece together what really happened and why she left. Did you feel that they had a, a large age gap? Yeah, I think specifically the braces line. Like right. I was getting metal in my teeth and I was looking for a job. That was a li- I mean, that's not a huge age gap when they imply that, mm-hmm. I feel. But just looking at them, I forgot to look it up, so I'm looking it up right now. It says that, guess how old he was then? Because in the movie, I remember they say he's 37. Oh, yeah, they specify. Right. So how old do you think he was in real life? Uh, 36. 43. Uh. And how old do you think she was? Oh, she couldn't have been maybe like 31. She was our age, 27. 27. Yeah. That is a little bit of an age gap. That's quite a bit of an age gap. I like he looked much older than Mm -hmm. her. I mean, he was very attractive, but they didn't look he and he always like that's the line, right? Here's looking at you, kid. She's literally a kid. But did you get the impression that Victor is much older or younger rather than Rick? He came off about the same. A little younger, in my impression. I thought he was about the same age. Maybe just the World War Two really wears on. It people's really stresses faces. you out, and he spent a year in like uh, a camp, right? He was in a concentration camp. Yeah, yeah. So he very weathered. I mean, he had like a scar. I yeah, think that was intentional. Yeah, and I think I'm really curious on how. I feel like you could really interpret this movie many different ways. On if you do really think that um, Ilsa loves Rick, or does she love? Um, Victor. Victor. I think she loved them both. And I think she's very torn by that. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sold on the idea that she loved Victor until this one scene later in the bar um, where Victor leads this uh, French song against the Germans. The Germans are singing on the piano and then he goes over to the band and tells them to play some French song. And the whole bar starts to sing and they, you know, Viva la France and democracy mm-hmm. and all that, right? And they, they kind of defeat the Germans in that bar. And at that moment, I'm like, yeah, I could see like this heroic, inspirational guy, why she would fall in love with him and, you know, be in love with him and his ideas. Yeah, they seem to have low chemistry, mm-hmm. like at least in the beginning, they weren't, I feel like maybe that was also intentional. Want like the director, whoever, wanting us to feel that Rick and Ilsa had a chance mm-hmm. compared to a longtime married couple. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think Rick and Ilsa is kind of like the passionate kind of love. And then Ilsa and Victor are kind of the more like nurturing, mature Long love. term. Yeah. Uh, new love versus old love. Old love. Yeah. And it's quickly, you know, literally had a couple month fling in Paris and that's really what they held on to. Um, as the idea for their relationship. Right. Would that have ended up well for them? I don't know. Because we were talking about when Harry met Sally. Mm -hmm. And in that movie, Sally's argument for her not staying is, why would any woman in her right mind want to stay in Casablanca with the owner of a bar? So do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think that, hmm. I'm going to jump in. I think that Rick is a little uh, 
feeling sorry for himself when he does this. Mm-hmm. Like he knows it's the best thing to do. Yeah. But I feel like he's also taking some pleasure in like doing the right thing, I guess. Yeah, because he is again, he is shown to be you know, I think the the police chief guy Renault calls him a sentimentalist. And I think throughout the movie we see hints of that. Where he does you know, I think selfishly he does love Ilsa and wants to, you know, just be with her. But, you know, throughout the movie and specifically we see one of these background characters you alluded to before, um, this couple that's trying to get a visa out of Casablanca and they don't have any money and they're really desperate. And and Renault. Renault and I I don't want to give the impression Renault's a good guy. He's a little bit of a sleaze ball. He is, but at the same time, they make him really likable. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. He's a very reasonable person. He's not like a Nazi. Yeah. He's in the middle there. When you have literal Nazis there, it's easier to come <laughs> off as a respectable character. He, all he does is have his way with women to get what he <laughs> wants. <laughs> and he's going to do that with this couple that's trying to get out of this, the city, but... Rick goes ahead and fixes some roulette games to give him some money so they can buy their way out and not have to, you know, sell Resort sell her body to, to <laughs> Renault. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see hints of that throughout the movie. And, and Rick, another interesting thing, talking about the bar, he has a German, like, hostess type guy. Yes. Which I think I it's interesting that... Say. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, please. I d- no, I was just going to say that I think it's interesting that he obviously doesn't like German or he doesn't like Nazis. He's not, you know, he doesn't hate all Germans or anything. He's still like a reasonable guy. Yeah. He would not hire this guy. Yeah. I was going to say this. Uh, do we know his name? I'm forgetting his name. Which guy? The German guy. Carl. Carl. Right. He is like the goofy old man buddy. Mm-hmm. And is this a thing like a trope in older movies? Because I was just thinking he reminded me a lot of the... Uh, forgetful uncle in um, what's the name of that movie? Which one? <laughs> that we watch every Christmas. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. The one with the, r- the raven or the crow? Yes, the uncle. That uncle. I feel like they're very similar, like bumbling old men mm. characters. Yeah, and it's a nice comic relief, you know. Yeah. I think in Casablanca is really kind of a heavy movie overall. Yeah, not a lot of. They're being comic. hunted by the police and the Nazis almost the entire movie. But then at the same time, I feel like the police are the comic relief and sometimes the Nazis are the comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, like making, let's make fun of Nazis. Yeah. My favorite Carl moment is another one of these side stories we have going on in the background of this two German couple who are also trying to get out and go to America. And, you know, they say we have been talking only in English so that we will be ready for America. And, the way they phrase asking what time is it? Is oh, it's oh, so cute. What watch? Oh, 10 watch. And then yeah. Carl just goes, yes, you'll blend in perfectly in America. America. <laughs> that it was, was a really adorable. cute moment. Mm-hmm. And I like that they make a clear distinction between these normal German citizens who are like, we got to get out of this awful like Nazi run country at this time. You know, like, I mean, I feel like a huge percent of, of people who live in those countries don't were agree persecuted. with this. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I just really appreciate how many different nationalities and perspectives they put in this movie. I agree. It's very amazing how open-minded and like melting pot this movie is. Yeah. Because I feel like in a lot of old movies, it's just white people. Yeah. This had people of color, like the Spanish woman in the bar who was singing oh, that yeah. song. Like it was definitely 
an eclectic mix of people, but not looking down on any of them. Yeah. It was like everyone is in Casablanca Casablanca for their own reasons. And, and you, we're all you here together. Yeah. You just get like little flavors and splashes of all these people, though. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I see why Rick likes it there. Yeah. yeah. He says like, you know, maybe Casablanca is not that bad of a place to die. And uh, <laughs> I kind of agree with him there. But as we see in the end, spoilers, he does decide to leave. He does. And I really like, you know, normally like this bait and switch can be annoying. It can almost feel like a character is betraying themselves and just like trying to like, oh, can you believe that he let um, Car? I keep wanting to call, what is, what is this guy's Renault? name? Renault? Renault, not Renault. Victor. Like, oh, oh can Victor. you believe he let Victor leave instead of him? But like, I feel like they plant the seeds of him making this virtuous decision at the end pretty oh, well. Oh, for sure. And I think that's another, you know, before I had mentioned, oh, this is like an America, like you see a standing for America. And I feel like this idea of like self-sacrifice that the, right, Victor going on to lead a resistance and fight against the Nazis is more important than him Being wanting to be with the girl he loves. Yeah, he says that. Yeah. And I think that's really the main mess, the, re- the main kind of message of the movie. Yeah. You know, the self-sacrifice greater good is more important than your own selfish desire. Greater good. The greater good. Do you think Mr. Ferrari is supposed to be a local to Casablanca? I missed that. I felt like in the beginning they might have mentioned it. Do you remember? I took it that he is a a, nat- a Casablanca native. Okay. He just does not look like <laughs> one. <laughs> so I was a little confused. He looked like a, a typical, like... I don't know, Irish guy. Yeah, no, that might just be an actor thing though, because yeah. the blue parrot fe- feels more like the local, the local place. Yeah, I agree. He was wearing a fez, so then that's when I thought maybe they're trying to make us think he is a Moroccan man. But yeah, and I absolutely love that the sleazy black market runner is still like an understandable guy. Like he doesn't try yeah. to screw Rick over or anything. Like Rick ends up selling him the bar at the end. And he gets what he wants, but he doesn't like go behind his back to the Nazis and be like, oh, Rick's playing to leave. You should watch out. You know, he's just. Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. No one's like overtly evil. Everyone has like very clear reasons for what they're doing. Yeah. And it's just really it's lovely. Yeah. I think that's why this movie is just so timeless yeah. and good. And I really can't overstate like the whole time. It was just so enjo- like, it's such an enjoyable movie. It's mm-hmm. hard to put into words. Like, I think we have put into words a lot of the reasons why, but it is just a really lovely movie to watch. It is. It's a little bit of heftiness to it, so I get why this isn't on people's list of like, yeah, it's a wonderful life where you got to watch it every year. Mm-hmm. But I do like it a lot, and I would watch it again. Yeah, a couple random little tidbits. I appreciate that when Rick is playing to, um, or when Rick gets shut down by the police, he keeps every all of his employees on salary. You know, really yeah, looking out for Yeah, just showing he's a really nice guy. Yeah, I really like nice guy Rick. Uh, another random little tidbit. Uh, I like that um, early in the movie, he just offhandedly says, oh, what, you know, can we meet tomorrow night or next week? And he's like, you know, I never planned that far ahead. And then in that flashback scene, he's talking to oh my gosh, I didn't even Ilsa realize. that, oh, let's get, you know, let's get married and we can do this and that. And she says, I don't plan that far ahead. I don't plan that far ahead. Yeah. And it's just really, really heartbreaking how like broken he was for a while until she came back and they're able to reconcile. Yeah. That ending part, 
um, where, you know, he says, you know, before all we had was Paris and then we had Casablanca. And because we had Casablanca, now we have we Paris. We can have Paris back. Paris back. And like this is, it's so good. It's, it's so just poignant. so good. It I love really it. It really is. Uh, is there any other little random tidbits you want to throw in? Oh, this is more um, shallow, but I just really like the fashion in this movie. Yeah. Like the there's this one woman who walks into the bar in the beginning. She's wearing this hat that has like this like um, tool or something on it. And it's just running from her hat down to her shirt. And mm-hmm. like it's wrapped around her. It's just really cool. And then Ingrid Bergman comes in later when she oh, comes yeah. in at night. Yeah, that's when, when I was going to mention. That's my favorite. Yeah, she has this really cool like scarf. Yeah, and she walks out and she's just like, it, I, I don't know what color she's wearing really, but like it just looks all black when she's, it's all black and white. But the shadows mm-hmm. on her like really contrast and she just looks really cool it walking does. out. I think that in the black and white movies, they must use a lot of like Tariel because mm-hmm. shadow passes through it so well and it's right. cool. So what was your popping moment for the entire movie? Ooh, I didn't think about this one. I really just loved this whole movie. Maybe the popping moment for me was when they are uh, when she pulls the gun on him. Oh in yeah, in the office. That's kind of a big turn moment, and I feel like it just speaks more levels to how their relationship is and like Rick's level headedness in mm-hmm. that moment. I don't know. What do you think? What's your moment? My popping moment is the uh, when the Germans are singing. And oh, yeah. Victor comes over and instructs the bar. And I like that the bar looks over, or um, the, the band looks over to Rick. And well, Rick also gives like a nod. Like he, like he knows what he wants to do. And the whole bar is singing and it's this very inspirational. Did Victor instruct them? I thought Rick told them to do it. No, Rick was like hanging out on top of a balcony looking at the bar. And Victor ran down to the band and told them to play this song. But they still looked at Rick for confirmation. Oh, okay. And I just, it, it really just makes you, I mean, you, you can't help but smile when a group of Nazis is beaten by, yes. you know, like a group of singing, people singing in French. And I really think it showed Victor as like a cool badass that can lead people. Yeah. And I really like that. It was very nice. My second moment, um, which is kind of cheating, but the very end where uh, they fly off and uh, Renault covers for Rick after he shoots the captain and they're like, you know, let's they they both plan to leave with each other, and this <laughs> is the start of a beautiful friendship. Classic and line. The bromance between Renault and Rick, <laughs> I really subscribe to. I don't want Renault like he's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rick can help reform him a little bit. He had one of my favorite lines um, when Ilsa first shows up and Renault is talking to her, and he's talking about Rick, and he's like, "Look at me talking about a man when I'm talking to such a beautiful woman." And it's just a really funny line. Oh. No, no, no. I think you misunderstood that part. He he does say like who like she asks who's Rick and he says, Oh well if I were a woman and if I myself weren't around, mm-hmm. I would choose Rick. Uh-huh. But then he says, um but look at me talking about another man when I have a beautiful woman here. I think he meant I should be convincing you to fall in love with me now with Rick. Oh. That's well, what yeah, I but the fact that he he thinks to talk about rick so much <laughs> in that moment yeah this is really funny the crush he has on rick but which i feel a little bit too rick's really cool rick ooh. <laughs> <laughs> happy valentine's day honey yes I'm, in love with I'm, humphrey I'm leaving with humphrey bogart <laughs> sorry so would you recommend this as a good valentine's day watch i think if 
you're in the mood for a more serious love movie, I don't think you can go wrong with this. Yeah, this maybe wouldn't be my first, like, next year on Valentine's Day. Ooh, what do we want to watch to be in a romantic mood? (laughs) Maybe not this one, but yeah, and It's funny that this movie, from my perspective of not having seen it before this, I thought it was going to be very much a lovey movie, but it's so much more than that. It's like it has a lot of depth to it. You know, it's not just like, it's not like a rom-com. Like, I mean, rom-coms didn't exist at this time, of course, (laughs) but it wasn't just like a straight, like, syrupy love movie. It had a lot of layers to it. For sure. So I would say it's a good movie for Valentine's Day, not because it's just a love movie. I think it's just a good movie all the time. So It's recommended for any holiday, but this is the one I guess it makes sense for. Yeah. And so if you haven't seen this classic, go watch it. Thanks for listening to Popping Into Movies. To view recipes and pictures of all the popcorns we've made, you can find us on Instagram at Popping Into Movies. If you want to send us feedback on what you thought about this episode or have a suggestion for a future episode, you can reach us directly at poppingintomovies at gmail.com or on Twitter at Popping Movies. You can also leave us a message on Anchor through the link in the episode description. It might just show up in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time. Thank you.